Welcome to FNB Business Talk. My name is Lynette Sintuli and I look forward to spending time with you to help us all navigate into the new normal. I'm delighted to be joined by Kathy Goddard. Kathy has had a long and illustrious career in the financial services sector and space. And in recent times, stepped out on her own with a number of partners and has started a business, FireFem, which she's going to tell us a little bit about. Kathy, good morning and welcome to Business Talk. Hi, Lynette, and thank you for having me. Why did you go into private equity? Who are your partners? And really, what through FireFem are you ultimately hoping to achieve? So I got into private equity by coming through the route of corporate finance advisory then investment banking, so writing out debt checks. And in the world of finance, certainly a couple of years ago, 15 years ago, private equity was the holy grail is where you wanted to be. So it seemed like a natural evolution and something to aspire to. I'm not sure if youngsters still believe that, but I'm pretty sure that they have a keen interest in it. Although private credit funds have got a real good place in the market. I do like the idea of private equity being a conduit of capital for good. So you can make a difference in how you interact in the world by how you allocate your capital and the conditionality around your capital allocations, the way you are able to set and dictate terms around ESG metrics, and in our instance, gender metrics, for me is very, very interesting. With regards to you know the lack of women-owned businesses in the private equity space, As you know, Lynette, I sit on the South African Venture Capital and Private Equity Association board, um, the SAVCA board. We are a membership group of north of 100 members. And out of that membership base, only 10 of those firms are women-owned private equity funds. Yes, a lot of them have gender-diverse teams, but there are very few that are specifically women-owned. But it's very encouraging to see that more women are coming into the market um, and that is fabulous. Uh, the reason that I'm so focused on gender is, well, quite frankly, is because I'm a woman. Um, and I'm quite a determined woman who who likes to have a seat at the table. That's why I focus on gender investing, because I want to make sure that more women get seats at tables and voices that are heard. We started out with two of us, two core people, was, was myself and, and Tlantla Majoli in Cuba. I met her when I was chief investment officer at VUA, and she was associated with the group. We got on like a house on fire, and uh, we we resolved to remain connected through a business relationship. So Inflantla is FireFM's exec chair, and she is a fabulous mentor to me and matriarch, and she keeps me in check. You then all um, consolidate FireFM to specifically look at saying, these are closed businesses, but let's invest in businesses with high potential but need a little bit of help. What has been the reception of the market to the type of advisory and investment product and I guess methodology that you apply to that? And have you found that there's been an increased need for the almost scary type of business model that you are engaged in? Oh, for sure, Lynette, there's definitely been an increased um, interest and, and of course that's due to covid When we first came out and launched, we had a very cool reception because people perceived it as to be very, very high risk to work with distressed assets. And it's typically somewhere that that 
private equity doesn't like to specifically target as its first investment. Of course, private equity will help when their portfolio is in distress and they're very, they're very good about being proactive like that. But, but to, to take a risk and invest in a distressed asset was, was very tricky for them. The reason that we thought that there was such a compelling opportunity is because of the regulations in the Act that allow you to put new money in after, you know, old money and rank ahead and, um, and restructure the balance sheet. And that was very appealing to us. What we have done subsequently is evolved our model a little bit because we had originally just a fixed model. And then we evolved it to say, hang on, hang on, there's a great opportunity to fix and build. Because once you've fixed a business and you've developed a chemistry and a rapport with the management team, you want to actually build on that. And that's what we've done with one of our first investments, CalPAC, is they were originally a fix and now we've moved to a build stage with them. And we're looking at bolt-on opportunities to actually grow the CalPAC business using the skills of the management team. So the fix and build strategy for us is is a compelling strategy. And what it allows you to do is, is the fix obviously allows you to preserve jobs. And the build allows you to then go on further and create new jobs and create value for everybody in the business. So we are very, very pleased with, with our strategy and we are rolling it out at the moment. At what stage do I, as a business, come to you? And then what role do you play, literally, in bringing the business to life? I think a lot of our listeners would be really, really keen to understand, you know, what qualifies a business as one that is worth a try? I would say unequivocally, come sooner than you, you think you should. Because there's a tendency and possibly the reason that Business Rescue has not succeeded as well as we would have liked since its implementation in 2011 is because people are coming to Business Rescue too late in the process. They're scared of it. They're scared of losing control. Um, but now what happens if you come too late is your cash flow is so constrained that you have no ability to allow for the three to four to five months that it is as long as that. I'm sorry that a private equity player or another funder will take to actually look at your business, DD your business, structure the proposal, and 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 then partner with you. Having said that, FireFM is trying very hard to be have a much quicker turnaround than that, and that's why we've partnered with um, business rescue partners, um, Stefan Stein and, um, and Tim, to uh, uh, allow us to turn around quickly because we do understand that when you're in distress, you need the money fast. Generally, really, you should be coming sooner. And this also relates to the concept of reasonable prospect. In terms of the act, you have to have the business rescuer has to determine whether you have a reasonable prospect of surviving. If there's no availability of cash in the business or we can't see that, we, you know, you could get it in the next month or so, you have literally no reasonable prospect of survival. So that's a critical, a critical part of this um, decision making process. You know, what sort of businesses that will we have a look at? It's businesses that can can either pivot their their model quite quickly because of the catastrophic event they might have um, been exposed to. Before COVID, we were looking for businesses that had some external events such as fraud or really poor management or anything that capital could easily remedy because, you know, we are first and foremost putting new money in. So if, if if the money can't fix the problem, then then there's a real problem. With the COVID event, what we've seen is a whole lot of businesses have just been starved of cash flow. They were and are nice businesses, but somebody just needs to come and plug the cash flow gap. 
so that they can get going again. And so I think a lot more businesses are in trouble, of course, through COVID, and a lot of good businesses are in trouble through COVID. We do find, um, and we work with um, Stefan and Tim on this basis, that some of the businesses were in distress before COVID, actually, and COVID has just pushed them to the edge. And those are tricky to work with because they already had a failing business model. But we use um, a methodology to have a look at operating margins to assess that. As you're talking about coming to FireFam before you need to, how are you making that entry point easier and one that is far less intimidating? There are a couple of programs that SAFCO is running for um, new fund managers, first-time fund managers. In fact, they've got a fund manager development program, which is really great. And I think they started off with 13 funds in the in the cohort, and they're taking them through a training program. Where we also try and help as much as we can is through some of the government's oversight, uh, governance oversights. We try and help um, new fund managers navigate the complex world of um, FSCA regulations and, and help with training and, um, and helping to incubate some of the new fund managers along that line. And that's something that I would like to continue doing as FireFem as a give back um, to the fund management world and to first-time fund managers. With regards to either private equity entrants or women-owned SMEs, you know, I think the thing that I would would say first and foremost around confidence levels is don't get worried about no's. You have to become no resilient. I've had no's, so many no's, I can't even tell you how many no's. And now when I get them, I'm quite amused by them. And I always just graciously say, thank you. Um, no worries. We'll see you later down the road because it's inevitably what happens is six or seven months later, someone who said no to you has suddenly developed an interest in you. And it's not personal. It's really not personal. It's just because maybe they have got too much on their plate. They've got too many deals they're looking at. Maybe that day that, that you were you were just off and you didn't pitch well, but hey, you can come back tomorrow. What else can we do just to make the ease of doing business, the ease of interaction, and of course, the ease of attracting some of the really fascinating new businesses, new products that we see into the market into your particular space? I think what, Lynette, what is happening behind the scenes, and I see it because I sit on some of those investment committees, is there's a lot of drive through some of the funders, what we, we call them LPs, limited partners in South Africa, to push through for metrics on the portfolio that the fund is creating. And there are definitely metrics around um, demographics and a lot of push around women as well. So what you will see start to happening is these funds are going to open up more and more for um, women-owned businesses, black women-owned businesses. Um, we haven't had age impetuses yet but or age um, drivers yet, but I think that, that naturally comes into play in the venture capital world where typically it's a younger entrepreneur that is starting a venture capital business. What are you finding that in your experience of what's coming through, where are those vulnerabilities, but also where are the areas of excitement um, as you navigate this period, but also start to look at what are we investing in and who are we supporting? I think COVID has changed the world. If you'd asked that question six months ago, I would have given you a completely different answer. But post-COVID, we are very keen and very interested to look at the food sector and CalPAC, our first investment, is in the food sector. 
of course the food sector's got two components to it it's got it's got the food that goes into the retail outlets that you and I buy you know, on the shelves every day but also there's a huge food service component so the businesses that have been quite badly struck in the food sector had um, a lot of food service clients which and some of them are really struggling now so as soon as that food uh, food service sector comes online again they will bounce back the food business that we invested in Calpac has actually done really well during covid because so many people are now actually cooking at home so that's why we particularly like the food sector and we like um, certain sectors in um, certain sub sectors in manufacturing so you know as you talk about the essentials you know the manufacturing food sectors a lot of the non-essential businesses have then typically belonged to women those businesses have really battled during this period how do we bridge that gap i do understand that a lot of women are in the service businesses and and they've got they've had a particularly hard knock in hospitality and food service and that that is really awful i do however think that we will have a step change in how we do go out and eat and i don't think the world will just go back to normal so i would really really encourage some of those women who are struggling very hard to see if they can pivot and and move into adjacent service lines or be brave and try something completely different and what i would like to say here is that i do think women for some reason think that they can't do typically male dominated things so you know, I had to work on a coal mine business and help turn that around. At first, I was like, well, what do I know about coal? But when I started reading about it, it's not that hard. Woman, you can do anything. We can do anything. If we apply our mind, we just take some time to think about it and understand the issues. And here's another thing I would say is if you want to move into a different sector that you, you perceive is male dominated, get a male champion, get a male mentor. They are super, super helpful when you ask. If you ask for help, you'll get it anywhere. And I used to be quite cheeky about asking for help. FireFam is a business that not only is invested in equity, but is also one that wants to invest equity back into society. How else are you giving back to the, shall we call it the community? And it, it's the financial services community and the country at large through some of the investments that you're making there too. Yeah, so Lydia, I, I focus on giving back into the community through my my business interventions and what I've understood through business, so I feel like it's it's more valuable for me to get innovative around first time fund manager programs to develop, help them develop track record and see if we could put a structure together you know to help first time fund managers fund their deals deal by deal that sort of thing and the other thing that I'm really really interested in is in the business rescue space because because I am a business rescue practitioner, and I think that there's a lot of work to be done. I was recently invited to join the TMA, the Turnaround Management Association Board, to pick up some of the agenda initiatives. And I have a, a, a passion to help women in the business rescue industry, as well as women SMEs that may go into business rescue, by using the the male champions we have in the space. So we've got 470-odd, that was the last thing I saw on SIPs, business rescue practitioners, and around 10% of them are women. So there's a lot of men that um, have an extraordinary amount of power in the space. And we need to actually leverage those men and work with those men to start helping women businesses and understanding, you know, how a social bias might impact them when they are listening to a woman. Or 
to start thinking, you know, unfortunately in business rescue, you might have to have retrenchments, but how can you make sure that you're viewing it equally? And so I want to work with the TMA to run out uh, various programs to help transform the industry, which might include your know, training for female BR, BRPs or just um, sharing groups for female BRPs and asking some of the male BRs to be champions. So that's how I, I think I'd like to give back to the community, as well as the stuff that I do through the SAVCO board. Kathy, as we close this morning, final thoughts from you, final words of um, wisdom and, you know, a practical nuggets for particularly those who are listening and saying, wow, this is interesting. So uh, very briefly, for people who want to get into private equity, traditional private equity, I would really recommend that you start by actually trying to do a couple of deals yourself before um, going out to funders and saying, give me a whole lot of money and then I'll invest it for you. Do a couple of deals yourself. With regards to people who want to get into the business rescue industry, definitely reach out to one of the industry organizations, the TMA or SARIPA. Or if you want, go to 5FM's website and you can log a, a, a contact note there and, and I'll see where I can push you to. But yeah, I, I just say be brave and try something different and, and don't take no for an answer. Thank you for joining us on FNB Business Talks. If you're enjoying our interviews, please subscribe to our channel. FNB is a division of First Rand Bank Limited, an authorized financial services and credit provider. Fees and C's apply. <laughs>